I've been reading a very interesting story in 2nd Chronicles chapter 10 to 12 right after King Solomon died and Rehavam, his son, took over the kingdom. Now, when Solomon was king, there was another guy, Yerovam or Jeroboam, who fled into Egypt because Solomon treated him and his people harshly. Now, when Solomon died, Jeroboam went back to Rehavam and told him, listen, your father treated us harshly, but now that he's dead, we were hoping that maybe you could, you know, ease our suffering. You can treat us lightly and then we would be more than happy to serve you. Now, Rehavam didn't know what to say. So he said, you know, come back in three days. Let me let me see what I'm going to do with you. Now, he consulted the elders as a wise king would. And the elders told him, you know, if basically they said, if you will be kind to those people and please them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But it says in verse 8, Rehavam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. So instead of listening to the old people with wisdom, he asked his buddies, his bros, people from his class, right? And he asked them, what is your advice? And guess what they said? The young men who had grown up with him replied, the people have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Now tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. You see, a young fool. How do you recognize a young fool? He listened to other young fools. When you're a new king and you have wise old men telling you what to do, and then you listen to your buddies who are young and stupid as you, you deserve what's coming for you. But you see, all of this happened as a part of a prophecy. So it's easy to, to look at this story and judge Rehavam, but really the question is, did he have any choice? When you read First King chapter 11, on verse, let me see, it is right here when God talks about the rebellion of Solomon. Verse 34, I will not take the whole kingdom out of Solomon's hand. I have made him ruler over all, all the days of his life for the sake of David, my servant, whom I chose and who obeyed my commands and decrees. I will take the kingdom from his son's hand and give you ten tribes. I will give one tribe to his son so that David, my servant, may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I chose to put my name. However, as for you, I will take you and you will rule over all that your heart desires. You will be king over Israel. He's talking about, God is talking about taking the kingdoms and tearing it from the hands of Solomon. See, all of this was a part of a prophecy. So when Rehavam was telling Yerovam all of this, and obviously Yerovam did not like that answer, and then, you know, they did what anyone would do. They... They went home. As for the Israelites who were living in the towns of Judah, Rehavam still ruled over them. So Rehavam and Yerovam started fighting. And what happens when you fight? You go into war and people die. So you see, when Rehavam arrived in Jerusalem, chapter 11, he mastered Judah and Benjamin, 180,000 able young men 
to go to war against Israel and to reign the kingdom of Forech of Am. But this word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, the son of uh, the man of God, say to Rechavam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all Israel in Judah and Benjamin, this is what the Lord says, do not go up to fight against your fellow Israelites. Go home, every one of you, for this is my doing. So basically, Rechavam and Rechavam were getting ready to fight. You know, they wanted to ease the yoke. Rechavam said, no, I'm going to make it heavier. So obviously, they want to rebel, they want to start fighting. So Rechavam got his military, Rechavam got his military, they're about to fight, but then God uses his prophet, Shemaiah, to tell both of them, now listen, both of you, calm down, go home, every one of you, for this is my doing. You see, even though they thought that they authored this breaking up and this tearing of the kingdom, it was all to fulfill the prophecy that God gave us in First Kings, chapter 11, when he said that the kingdom was going to tear from the son of Solomon. Because you see, Solomon did not follow in God's path. Solomon started off good, right? He built the temple. He was serving the Lord. He prayed. You can see in the beginning of Second Chronicles, the first few chapters, the, the building of the temple. But soon after, he married about 700 women with 300 concubines, building temples for their idols. He, he let the women lead him astray from his God, from his maker, from his true king. You see, Solomon was just a puppet. We keep forgetting that. We are all just puppets on a string. What are we? What are we but a sack of flesh with God's breath in our nostrils? You see, the moment you forget who your true king is, who your master is, who owns you, is the moment you become too big for your own good. You see, Rehavam, for the first three years, he had, he had a lot of support from the, the Levites and the priests because the first three years of his reign, he actually did what was right in the eyes of God. You see, it says in uh, verse 13, the priests and Levites from all their districts throughout Israel sided with him. The Levites even abandoned their pasture lands and property and came to Judah and Jerusalem because Jeroboam and his sons rejected them as priests of the law. You see, Jeroboam rejected God. He, he immediately started doing his own things with, with idols of goats and calves and, you know, ashrapos and all of that mess. But at that time, Rehavam was still siding with the Lord. So those from every tribe of Israel who set their hearts on seeking the Lord, the God of Israel, followed the Levites to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. They strengthened the kingdom of Judah and supported Rehavam, son of Solomon, for three years while he was following the ways of David and Solomon. You see, for the first three years, he was following the ways of God. So let's see what happened in the next chapter, chapter 12, where it says, after Rehavam's position as king was established, and he had become strong, he and all Israel with him abandoned the law of the Lord. You see, he became too strong for his own good. So strong that he felt like he didn't need God anymore. He's like, I don't need God. I'm strong. I got all of this. I'm established. My kingdom is established. We don't need to, to keep worshiping this God anymore. I'm going to be my own God. I'm going to be the king. I'm going to make the decisions now. I don't want to worship this God. And guess what? The second you think you're too big for God, <laughs> verse 2, because they had been unfaithful to the Lord, Shishak, king of Egypt, attacked Jerusalem in the fifth year of King Rehavam with 1,200 uh, chariots and 60,000 horsemen and innumerable troops of Libyans, Sukites, and Cushites that came with him from Egypt. And you see, the second he thought he was too strong, too big for God, 
he was attacked, but only because God allowed it. But you see, if you don't have all the facts and you just look at the story, you would think that God had deserted him. Or some people would not even give God any, any thought of all. I mean, look at people in the world today. All these things are happening and they don't they, they just blame you know the, the government they blame trump they blame the, the syrians they blame you know uh, osama bin laden the, the north korea the russians right always blaming the russians but really it's god <laughs> it's all from god god is in control of anything and everything there is nothing that happens that god did not allow god either authored it or allowed us to do it because in verse 5, you see, the prophet Shemaiah came to Rehoboam and to the elders of Judah who had assembled in Jerusalem for fear of Shishak. And he said to them, this is what the Lord said, you have abandoned me. Therefore, I now abandon you to Shishak. You see, the prophet came to them and told them, well, you know, all of this is happening because you abandoned the Lord. You were serving him and everything was good. But then you decided you don't need God anymore. Well, guess what? You don't need him. Well, he doesn't want you. You know, it's a two-way street. God is not a fool. God loves us, but he's not a fool. He wants all of us or none of us. He's not the mistress. He's the wife. As soon as you cheat on him, he's out. And when he's out, trust me, you're going down. <laughs> you're going out. So you see, when the people, though, those people, to their, you know, uh, to, to vindicate them, I, I could say they had a little bit of sense. And the next verse, verse 6, they said, The leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, The Lord is just. You see, they did something important. They realized what they've done and they humbled themselves. Do you humble yourself when you realize what you've done? When you realize you've been going against God? When you realize you've been rebelling? When you realize you haven't followed his commands? Because God was going to destroy all of them. But because they humbled themselves, listen to this. When the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, this word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, the prophet. Since they have humbled themselves, I will not destroy them, but will soon give them deliverance. My wrath will not be poured out on Jerusalem through Shishak. They will, however, become subject to him so that they may learn the difference between serving me and serving the king of another land. You see, God is just and God is wise. He said, well, I was going to destroy them very badly against me, but, you know, they did repent. They did humble themselves. So I'm not going to kill all of them. I'm not going to destroy them completely, but I'm still going to punish them and, and teach them a little something between serving me and serving other men. Because, you see, for some idiotic, unreasonable reason, we think that serving God is a burden. Think about it. Nobody wants to serve God. We think as if when you serve God, nobody wants to be a nun. Nobody wants to give up the things of this world, right? In the movie Sister Act. Like, I don't want to be a nun. What am I going to do here? All we do is walk and pray. I want to party. I want to celebrate. I want to drink. I want to have sex. I want to do all these crazy things that I do every, every Friday night. But I do it every night because I'm a big sinner. You know, some people only sin on the weekend. I sin every day. You know, that's what you want because you're so wicked. But when you realize that God's commands are not burdensome, his commands are to live a moral life. Trust in the Lord, serve Him, obey Him. Literally, what are the, is, ten, is Big Ten, right? I am, the, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods or idols before me in the form of anything in the heavens above, on the earth, or in the sea under the earth. You shall not speak my name in vain. Keep the Sabbath holy. 
you know, just honor the Sabbath as a holy day to the Lord. Honor your, your father and your mother. Is that really that bad? Like, ah, I don't want to honor my father and mother. Well, that's because you're wicked, son of a gun. You're evil. You see, if you were a good person, as you claim to be, then you would be able to honor your father and mother. Not because of who they are, but because of who you are and because of who God is. Because if you serve God, then you could honor your father and your mother. Well, guess what? They're not perfect. Nobody is. Neither are you. But you would like your children to honor you, wouldn't you? But you see, you cannot expect your children to do what you don't do for your parents. Right? And what else? Those are the, the first five, right? Then he said, do not murder. Is that so bad? Because you, you just want to go around killing everybody, don't you? Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not have sex with someone who's not your wife. Because guess what? If it's not your wife, it's somebody else's wife. Your spiritual sister. She's going to marry someone else and you just committed adultery. You just ruined somebody else's marriage with your dick. Do not steal. Well, is that that bad? Don't steal. You want something? Earn it. Pay for it. Work for it. Deserve it. Why would you steal? Why would you take by force? What's so bad about that? Do not steal. Do not, do not covet. Why would you covet what somebody else has? Right? Do not uh, uh, give false testimony about your neighbor. Don't lie. <laughs> is it really that bad? Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Is that really so hard that you, you, you claim that you cannot serve a God that asks you to live a moral life? All this blessing, all of this, that, all of the good things that God wants to give us, and yet you choose to rebel against him, go against, against the Lord, the creator of all things, because all you want is to have sex with prostitutes, steal a bunch of money, Hit a bunch of innocent people, covet what the John, the, what do you say, keeping up with the Johnsons, right? Always keeping up with Johnsons, coveting everything you see on the news, every new car commercial, every new house, every new, every new woman, every new style, every new fashion. You're always coveting everything. All of that because you're so consumed with your sin. You're so consumed with your stupid way of living, that it's not even living, it's dying, really. Because if you were living, then you wouldn't be doing the things you do, because that is death. Living is with God, because God is the God of the living. God gives us life. So if you were actually living, you were following the commandment of the Lord. You see, verse 12 says, Because Rehovam humbled himself, the Lord's anger turned from him, and he was not totally destroyed. Indeed, there was some good in Judah, you see, that verse is so crucial because Rehavam humbled himself. He realized, oh, crap, I messed up. Sorry, God, I messed up. I know. I thought I was too big. I thought I was too good. I thought I was too strong. But God, I repent. I realize what I've done. I realize I turned away from you. Forgive me. And because he asked for forgiveness, listen to what it says. There was some good in Judah. Yes, it wasn't the full blessing that he had before. He lost a lot of it. He fell to the hand of Shishak. He lost a lot of his pride, a lot of his status, a lot of his possessions, a lot of his men. But he didn't lose everything. And the longer you wait to repent, the longer you're losing. You see, basically, when you're born, you are as wealthiest as you're ever going to get. And the older you get, you just keep losing. Because you're not living. Really, every day of your life, you're dying. You're not getting more life. You're getting less of it. You were born with all this potential, all this life ahead of you. And every day you die, you're just dying. Every day that goes by, you're dying. You're closer to your death. So the sooner you repent, the less time you waste in dying, the longer you can live. 
Because when you give your life to God, you're living because God is infinite. Our souls live forever. So when you give your life to God, when you surrender your spirit to him, those who lose their spirit for my sake will find it. But those who are looking to keep their spirit will lose it. That's what Jesus said. If you lose your life for his sake, you will gain it. You will get eternal life and go to be with him in the next world, in heaven, in paradise, with the presence of the Lord Almighty. But if you keep your sinful life, if you care so much about your sins that you cannot humble yourself and repent, then you will die. So the question is, do you have enough sense to realize how stupid you are? Because it takes wisdom to hear wisdom. Do you have ears to hear what I'm telling you? Or are you too arrogant and prideful? Well, I don't know. That's on you. Good luck.